In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. And then everyone said, jabroni. Jabroni, J-A-B-R-O-N-I-X-Y-Z-A-B-C. Oh, it doesn't matter, you spell jabroni. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast. BJ Cruz here with my tag team heart. The sole survivor, the best of the best, the incomparable Jeremy Loss. Jay, what is up, my dude? Oh, I stood on the stairs the entire time, so now I am the sole survivor. I have done it. You know, we made it through. <laughs> so it's like Lana. You're just like Lana. Can we? Okay. I know that we've dis- we discussed before going on air what we were going to talk about, but I, I'm, I'm throwing a curveball to start off. Can we just talk about how dumb that was? Like, I'm fine with Lon- and we got to pay, we got to like do the intros, but I'm going to skip ahead right now. Like, I'm fine with Lana winning. I'm, I don't have a problem with that. I think it makes a lot of sense story wise for her to like persevere. But the way they got there really, really sucked. It was uh, it wasn't ideal. And again, I- I'm with you. I-, I think the end result, if that was just kind of done in a regular fashion, like she got the pin, like I'm with that. I'm fine with that because especially the build up to this, the storyline of her just getting Simone dropped <laughs> through like nine tables in nine weeks, you know, it-, it just makes sense. But the way it got there was, it was less than ideal. I'll just, I'll just, yeah. And it's like way. a lot of that match. There's just like, I don't know what they were going for. Like they had Peyton pin Bailey and then lose to Natalia immediately afterwards. And then they have Bianca just go on like a run, basically getting her Keith Lee moment. And then it gets overshadowed by this ending. It just didn't, it didn't vibe with me. Like I said, I don't mind Lana winning. It's just the way they got there. Like if you're going to give Bianca her moment, give her her moment earlier in the match. Yeah. And have her go out, you know? It was so, a it was a strange decision on a uh, an okay card, but we'll we'll, we'll get to that. We we'll we got yeah. we got a lot to talk about in regards to Survivor Series. But first, don't forget to subscribe to the pod wherever you download your podcast. And if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users, please 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 rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling spicy, leave a review. And for our Spotify people, hit us with that follow and help us climb those Spotify charts. Make sure that you also subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's Two Jabronis with the Wrestling Podcast. Hit the red button. That's somewhere around here. Hit the like, uh, comment, do all that good stuff. Really help us out there. Uh, we spend well. Ben spends a lot of time and effort on putting this up on YouTube. So really help us out there. Make sure to follow us on social at Two Jabronis Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Jeremy A. Loss, and you can follow Ben at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K. All right, everyone. It is, uh, it's it's Thanksgiving week, so hopefully you're listening to this as you travel safely 
to uh, or not travel. Maybe you're doing Thanksgiving at home because we're in the middle of a freaking pandemic, uh, which probably I like be, that option better. It's probably be the safer thing to do. <laughs> but um, in any case, uh, you know, first of all, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving week. Thanks for listening as always. But it is now time to stick to wrestling. And we should talk about it. I think we should stick to wrestling. And for this week's Stick to Wrestling, we are talking Survivor Series. And we want to talk the three big takeaways from Survivor Series. We we kind of teased it a little bit in the in the intro of the show there about what one of our takeaways was, which was the uh, the women's Survivor Series match was... It was... It, it had, a, again, it had a less than stellar ending... It was better than the men's one. I would give it that. The men's one was super weird because they did the sweep. Yeah. Which, I. Uh, what does that do for like SmackDown? I mean, it was interesting just from a grander scale, right? Like Raw won both Survivor Series matches, but the SmackDown champs won the both main title mm-hmm. matches, right? So... On on that from that standpoint, you could say it's it's even, and and neither show really got the edge. Again, this both these matches really 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 felt lackluster, especially given last year's mm-hmm. matches. And again, I know it's it, like we're beating a dead horse here and like comparing it to last year, but last year was so freaking good. Like with NXT's involvement, it just injected this new life into Survivor Series, which desperately needed it because of the big four pay-per-views this was the one that was probably floundering the most right like wrestlemania will always hit SummerSlam hits a really good amount of the time and royal rumble always hits right like no matter how jaded you are as a fan those those three pillars will always kind of leave you satisfied survivor series has been struggling to keep up right on the power rankings it's it's four out of the big four and then last year they include NXT and you're like, this is amazing. We're back. It's like when they reinvigorated the dunk contest, right? Like when it, it, that's what it felt like. And then all of a sudden it was just kind of back to the status quo. And it, like elimination matches like this, just they're not, especially when there's nothing at stake. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to do the brand thing too, like this is another thing that was kept, that kept getting brought up last night. If you're going to do the brand versus brand, like best of the best, at least do the counter. Like, they didn't even do the counter. Like, they didn't even, like, try to make it a competition. So, it's like, what are we, like, it doesn't even matter anymore. So, we're going into these matches for brand supremacy, and literally, it doesn't matter in your storyline. So, to me, what I got out of this is it felt like uh, SmackDown, though they lost the the two Survivor Series matches, it makes it feel like they are a little bit more set in their story direction. Yeah. Because yeah, I felt like they're utilizing these things, and it, it's it's evident now with what's going on in raw right now that they're, they were using it as an opportunity to kind of create storylines like raw. They needed everybody to win so that they can create a storyline with five guys rather than having a soul survivor where they can launch them off of that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, SmackDown, it feels like they're just much more set in stone as to what they're going to do. So they they didn't need to branch out. They didn't need to create storylines coming out of this. And also I felt like I was, at least me personally, I was less, into the survivor series matches because th- there was no invasion angle right, right. like and it, look it's all coming from the same building and usually that's part of the surprise is because you know ron smackdown kind of ran separately on the road and even though they were kind of close together mm-hmm. now there was literally it was more infighting with all the teams as opposed to any type of you know rivalry with the opposing brand and look maybe this is the year 
where they take a break from that so that they can, you know, pull that back or pull go back to that once there's a crowd. And, you know, maybe that that's what they were missing. But it just still felt lackluster in terms of the build to this. Because, again, there's a lot more infighting, which, I don't know, I wasn't that into. I mean, that was the whole storyline for both Survivor Series matches. Right. Was the, the infighting for Raw. So, um, I mean, it, it was those matches were lackluster. But I want us to also focus on what was really positive on this show. And I think I can't. Like speak highly enough of that tag team match. Oh my! What the God. New Day and Street Profits did was easily the best tag match that the WWE has put on in at least two, three years. I mean, d- those four dudes can go, and it man, it's, that was, it was just a clinic. They were like not like to the point where like you had FTR on Twitter like coming out and saying thank you. Like that was it was incredible quality, quality stuff things that you don't see from the wwe anymore when it comes to the tag team division like they just really like let them have was it 15 minutes 15 yeah, it was, 17 it was a good minutes. amount of time. and they they did that thing where they both teams made it feel like a big pay-per-view right like the new day right. comes down in their gears of war literally costumes which were huge which which were monstrous and at first when they cut to uh when they cut to the street profits cutting their promo I was like, man, this is a it's kind of a long promo in, in Gorilla. What what are they doing? And then you realize once the Street Profits came out, it probably was to give the New Day time to take <laughs> off get all that stuff, all off. that gear. And it was just it was it was just kind of funny to watch that. But I mean, I'm so glad that WWE didn't kind of give into temptation with the uh, New Day and the Hurt Business and kind of have New Day drop the titles to the Hurt Business, the uh, the Raw before, just to give you, you know, a more of a classic uh, heel and face battle for this tag team match. Um, this They obviously went in with, you know, that mutual respect thing. And sometimes those matches can go sideways and, and there's like, there's less tension and therefore it's less entertaining. That was not the case. This was a freaking clinic in tag team wrestling. And look, I, I, when, whenever FTR kind of goes off on their diatribes about this, a, a part of me rolls my eyes and it's like, dude, we get it. Like, you love tag team wrestling. But there are times like this match where I'm like, I kind of see their point. <laughs> like, that was, that was dope as hell. And, uh, you know, you know, kudos to all four of those guys, uh, Woods, Kofi, uh, uh, Tez, and, 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 um, and, uh, Dawkins. Like, they put on a friggin' show and, that blockbuster at the end from uh, from the Street Profits that that c- combo blockbuster I guess yeah. you could call it was was awesome too. It was it was nice to see them end it with also a, a, you know, a team tag a tag team finisher and not just Tez going out there and hitting his incredible frog splash. So it was yeah. it was start to finish was just super super well done. Yeah, I thought everything about it was perfect. I almost I saw this in a way as a passing of the torch. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, because totally. I think I don't want to like first I, I, I envision that the clock is kind of running down on the new day as a tag team or at least as a tag team champion. Um, I, I still envision them. Obviously, they are committed to Big E's singles run, but I still envision them giving Kofi another chance, another run here. Sure. Um, they're, they're definitely not on the young side like they are on the older side of uh, of the wrestling careers and obviously Xavier has a lot of things going on outside of of wrestling so I feel like for me this was a passing of the torch to all right this is the like three profits of the tag team to move us forward 
they are the next wave. They are and rightfully so. I think that's that's a one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. They are the 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 team to kind of usher us into the next era. There, we are officially transitioning out of the USO new new day era because I think they're already. I mean, obviously the USOs. You see Jay already getting his singles push. Biggie's getting his singles push. I think it's now to usher in the new era, and I think this was the time to really showcase. Like, all right, the Street Profits can do it. They obviously have the mic skills. Their promos are incredible, so fun to watch. They have the presence. Uh, when the crowd comes back and they do the the, the cups again, like that's going to go crazy. That's hit. And the in ring yeah. work is just phenomenal. Um, and I'm I'm really happy to see that Vince is committed to making them the top tag team in the company. They've worked so hard. I mean, when they first came up, they weren't getting pushed all that much, and then they went off TV for the longest time it was as weird. champions. Yeah, it was really weird. And now it's like, okay, you're almost guaranteed to see the Street Profits every time you turn on your TV. And I love that. So I think for me, this is the passing of the guard. This was it. This is, it is the Street Profits show now when it comes to the tag team division. I know that the New Day kept their belts tonight against the Hurt Business, but I still think we're, we're, the clock is ticking on them as the champs. And I think it's time that they split them. Like, I don't want to split them up just because I want to see like people turn. I just think it's best for all of them. Um, while they're still kind of like hanging around, they still have like their friendship and they can still come back as a new day. Um, now and again, like obviously you saw Big E come out with them last night, but like, I think it's time to get them back on their singles run. Let Kofi get a chance at it. Maybe even the U S belt, like, um, and let Big E go after that WWE title. Cause I think, or the universal title. Cause I think it's, it's definitely time for them to get their singles push. So two things. One, I, I do want to shout out Dawkins specifically. Cause I think, Within the Street Profits, it's easy to get overshadowed by Montez, right? He's, he's mm-hmm. just, Tez is a friggin' superstar, and I, he's the future of the company. Like, he's a future world champ. Um, and he's, he's just the second coming of Booker T. He's just that dude, right? He's yeah. just that dude. Last night, watching Dawkins, and I think this has to do with just like from an interest and a passion level, like, cause he's, he's friends with the New Day. Um, I just never seen like this kind of fire in his eyes and like him being that jacked up to wrestle. He just kind of always hot tag was awesome. Yeah. Like, and just in general, he just kind of has this like chill vibe about him where you're like, yeah, when he's in a match, you you get it. Like he's, he's a big dude. He he can kick your ass for sure. At the beginning of the match, when him and Woods are just squaring each other up and he's just nodding his head and just, he's fired up and you're like, Oh, that's crazy. Like I'm not used to seeing that. When, because in comparison to, and I guess you know, it's in comparison to Montez, you know, Tez's energy is like at a thousand all the time, mm-hmm. and then which comparatively uh, makes Dawkins look like he has this low energy. But man, shout out to him for that, uh, just just kind of stepping it up. And like you said, like it it takes four, it took all four of them to make that match the banger that it was, right? And it you know so kudos to, to all four of them but specifically shout out to Dawkins and then to your point about the new day I do agree it was a passing of the torch I'm still I'm still very very anti like splitting them up even further I think I, I like even now with them kind of being on different shows I, I just think the new day as a unit is it's kind of what brought them to this point right of like their careers like they're they're right. still I think, I mean, I don't have, I, I got to check the numbers on this, but they're still one of the biggest merch pushers in the company, right? And like, they're just very kid-friendly. They they just, the, the amount that they resonate 
with fans just from like uh you know kids to adults is pretty wide mm-hmm. right like it's it's kind of wild that they have that appeal because sometimes uh, we've seen this over and over again John Cena Roman Reigns when kids love a group or a bunch of wrestlers usually marks like you and I hate them <laughs> right that's just like it's just the balancing of the wrestling universe but new day just from a wide spectrum is just beloved and that's why i don't think that they will ever fully split i don't think there is ever going to be that seth rollins heel turn and to yeah. to to you know draw that fissure between the group because i think one i think they well one i think they, they genuinely like they, they're, like, they're genuinely, genuinely like friends. really yeah. really really good friends if not best friends and two like they they have again the merch that they push or that you know uh, that they help WWE push is insane. The amount that, that their podcast is being pushed, like as one of the official WWE podcasts, obviously Woods has up, up, down, down, which is doing bonkers numbers uh, just from a viewing standpoint. Um, I, I don't think they'll ever fully split un- unless there's like some personal I don't think strife. I don't think they'll ever, like I, I agree. I don't think they'll ever do like the the turn split i don't think we're ever mm-hmm. going to get like that backstabbing moment i think what they'll do is they'll just do their separate things and they'll still come back together on occasion like if they want to do like uh, a segment on at wrestlemania or something they'll come back together but i think they'll go their separate route their separate ways and it's crazy um i was completely like wrong about their ages like i thought they've been in the wwe forever like they've yeah. been around for a long time and I thought they were on the older side. Kofi Kingston's 39, so he is kind of on the older side. But, like, Xavier and Big E are only 34. So they're in their prime. But, like, yeah. obviously, Xavier's had a couple injuries, and he's um, he's obviously doing a lot of other things outside. So it's, like, it's just interesting. Um, I, 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 I just I think that they're going to go their separate routes, um, but in a positive way. I think they're just going to be no, focused yeah, on what they can do fair. individually while still coming back together on special occasions. Um, I would love to so, see, something I would love to see is a and it, it could just be a flash in the pan moment. But if E were Universal Champ and Kofi was WWE Champ, just just so they have that moment together, right? Like where they're it's kind of like the um, the Eddie Guerrero Chris Benoit moment at the end of WrestleMania 20 when mm-hmm. they were both like they're both really really good friends and they both were world champion at that time, right? And it's all the stuff about Chris Benoit aside, like that moment, their friendship was, it was, it, was a, it was an incredible moment to witness and to, to, to see and to be a part of. Um, so I, I hope they give, that, that would be, I don't know if they'll ever do it, but I think that would be awesome I, for, I doubt they'll do it. E I mean, it was like Kofi to have to it. Give, it was like pulling teeth to get Kofi his, his, right. his title run. So I, I mean, it, it sounds great and I don't think it'll ever happen just because I just don't think Vince ever is committed to that uh level of uh buy-in um but another thing that was really good on that show and i mean it really didn't wasn't a surprise to anybody was oscar versus sasha banks i mean those Mm -hmm. two just have incredible chemistry in the ring from their segments that they had uh, a few months ago to uh, just the handful of matches that they've had throughout their run in wwe i think I love the fact that they gave Sasha the win here. Um, she yep. needs this. She needs to continue to build this resume and continue to build this hot streak so that when we get to Royal Rumble WrestleMania, um, she can still have that moment. Um, 
we'll see what they where, where they go with this but Sasha is just on another level right now I think this is the best I've seen her in her career yeah she's um which is crazy to think right like she's just had she's just so it, it was almost to a point where she was underrated right when we when we would talk about who mm-hmm. is who is good or who is who should WWE be pushing right I think we almost took Sasha for granted at a certain level and now she's yeah she's just on she's just hit that it's kind of when like when an NBA player like a Devin Booker makes the leap right yeah like uh, like a score like that who just kind of figures it out and she's just figured it out she she knows how to do everything perfectly and it, it it's so incredible to watch and just to have been part of this uh, especially like you know her journey with Bailey like that's been a huge part of it obviously but her individually has been incredible to watch too and like showing that she can stand on her own um coming and from where she mega was star and like a me- yeah. like not not just the w not like a lot of people have been women's champion but she can be like a mega star and that's that's awesome and obviously it goes to like she was freaking in the mandalorian right <laughs> she was in one of the biggest shows that's going right now which ironically she was discovered off of a hot ones episode <laughs> and not her <laughs> regular job but I digress. She's uh, she's on a heater right now. It's just it's crazy to see where she's at now from where she was at the end of WrestleMania 35 when this podcast started. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she was on that that massive break. Um, obviously, she was not happy with the way things were going. And now she is kind of one A or one B next to Roman Reigns on SmackDown. I'm really carrying that brand and carrying that women's division. Um, I think even at the beginning of this year, uh, when we were talking about this like Hall of Fame, and I think I even said like, I put Becky and I put uh, Charlotte in the Hall of Fame, and I wasn't quite sure about Bailey and Sasha. I think it's like it's not even a fucking conversation anymore. They're all in the Hall of Fame. They're oh, easy. All Hall of Famers. Yeah. I think what Bailey and Sasha have done this year is just like, it's it surpasses what Becky did going into WrestleMania 35. And what Becky did going into WrestleMania 35 was fucking special. It was special. No, that's, I mean, that's the perfect word. It was special. And, you know, in a couple of years when WWE makes documentaries about this pandemic and this era where they had to put on shows, Sasha and Bailey will probably be the back end, like the season finale, because they were, they are the MVPs of this whole run. Right. They've like, car- they carried it when Roman was gone. Right. And, and they were literally on three shows. Right. Yeah, they were on like, all I three shows. Got- I hope they got three paychecks because they fucking deserved it. Yeah, like they carried and every single show. There was they weren't there was there wasn't a point where like where, let's say they showed up on NXT like they were they, you felt they were, had an off game. No, it was no. it was it was a thirty point it was a triple double every night and it, it was just wild to see. So you know, kudos to them. It's 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 going to be incredible to watch um, this Sasha run. I'm really really excited for it, and you know everything that's to come. Um, before we before we hit the break and we talk our favorite memories of, of the dead man, excuse me. Uh, let's let's talk Roman Drew, uh, which I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. It, it 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 I thought it was a really really good match. It it picked up toward the end, yeah. started off a little slow, which I honestly I was like I kind of expected that given like it was just these two, they're actually two really big dudes, right? And Drew is actually when they were doing that face to face thing, I was like, oh, Drew is he's Drew's bigger. fucking massive, He's man. He bigger is bigger than Roman Reigns. Human being, and Roman Reigns is huge. So, yeah. that I mean, I expect I expected it to start off slow. I mean, a lot of us 
tend to forget that like they had a match at WrestleMania 35 that wasn't very good. It was it was um, okay. And in fact, they've had matches before against each other, like plenty right. of matches. And, but like this one, I, th- I think this is also like part of Roman's gimmick. Like Roman is very methodical with his matches now. Like obviously he has match with Jay Uso where like, he was just beating the shit out of him and talking to him the whole time. But like right. so much of his character is just being an asshole and being this smug guy that like you need a little bit of a slower pace to get that across. Like when he's talking shit to Samoa Joe mid-match, like that's when you, I think that's when it started to pick up for me. Like when he said like, you can get this shit too, or you've had this, like you've got this too, or something yeah. like that. He's like, I was like, Oh, okay. And then like the, everything just kind of picked up for me. And then they started going through the tables. They started getting speared through the wall. And um, I mean, they were kicking out of fucking everything. Yeah. Um, good, some nice near falls. I, I yeah, appreciate really good near falls. I appreciate a good near fall. Uh, it was, I mean, if, if, if there was a crowd that fucking roof goes off on a couple of those. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like, I mean, it wasn't like Shawn Michaels kicking out of undertaker's tombstone at WrestleMania 25 type of near fall, but they, 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 there were some really, really good ones in there. So. Yeah. And then, and then for Roman to get that, I mean, the, the shenanigans, I mean, you needed. I like the shenanigans that we had here. It was very, very, it was necessary to protect both of them. Protected both of them. It also like solidified this Roman heel character. Like he is now, he doesn't need to win with some chicken shit antics, but it's always good to have them, you know? Right. It's always good to sprinkle them in. A nice little low blow every now and then is a, it's it's a nice way to remind everyone I'm a piece of shit and you should be booing me. Yeah. And like his, the segments that they have backstage with him where he's just fucking, shitting on Jay Uso and like telling Jimmy to go like to leave because he doesn't want to look at him like this is just like printing money you yeah know what I mean like he again we were talking about Sasha earlier and how she's on a heater Roman is absolutely on a heater this this man he's at the craps table making everybody money he's on that right. kind of a heater yeah yeah it's it's <laughs> it's wild to to watch him just it, he's so locked in he it, you see it in his eyes Every time he's on camera, like he's he's so focused. It's also like the teeth. Oh yeah, the, like, t- the, the teeth, teeth really helps. Sending me right it now. Really, like... it really helps that you're <laughs> like, man. Like I know he's a really good human being. I hate this character <laughs> because he's like he's such an asshole, but yeah. in the best way possible. We're like, yeah, he's doing a good job. He's doing it. The only thing I'm, I'm not a huge fan of. This is real, like just super nitpicky. Is the is the gold glove? Not a fan of it. A little Thanos esque. He's trying to uh... like. I think he would look better. Like I know that he need like it's just part of his ring gear. But like, take the gloves off. Like hit people with bare fists. Like I think that'd look cool. I love the fact they got rid of the vest. Um, I know that they were talking about changing his music. I want to see that. I want the new music. Shout out Keith Lee's new. Keith Lee finally did it. I mean, it's not the it's not his classic music, but it's still very good. It's like better than what he had. Um, and I'm still kind of shocked that like Paul Heyman's a non-factor in this. Well, no, it's it's it is interesting in that he's just playing a different role, right? Because he, he's playing like a scared. He, he's he's terrified, right? Yeah. He's terrified. And actually, the more I watch him, like because they'll do these angles sometimes during Roman's matches where like they'll shoot the match, but Heyman will be in the background like reacting. Mm-hmm. And it's these small intricacies of him just like being worried. Right, like him being worried during these near falls where Drew almost had Roman was fantastic. It just added to it. And even the, the little things of, you know, Heyman backstage watching Jay lose 
in the Survivor Series match where he's like, shit, now I got to tell Roman. And it's just a very different, because if, I don't know if he's, I don't know if, if he's the same Paul Heyman that he is with Brock. I, I think that's a disservice almost to Roman, right? In terms of like, because Brock and Paul, they have like this friendship and this camaraderie that is just, it, it, they have a long history. Paul or Heyman has kind of hitched his wagon to Roman, but you don't really know why. And there's this fear. It's, 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 it might be almost like a fear thing, which I kind of vibe with. I'm kind of into it. And maybe, yeah. maybe they'll, they'll, they'll eventually reveal why he aligned himself with Roman. Maybe when, if and when Brock comes back or there's some sort of explanation. But I think he's been doing really, really solid work in that it's almost less is more in this yeah, case. I, I think that's fair. And I think it's it's a nice change of pace from what you usually get with him from with Brock. But also it's a change of pace from what you got with him when they try to tag him on to Cesaro and Curtis Axel, right. and even CM Punk. Like he was Paul Heyman. Like he was the Paul Heyman. And like now it's like it's and, totally and different. To you know, to that credit, those didn't work. Right. Right. So th- except for CM Punk. CM Punk, I mean, they were just they're born to work together. Right. So and and it's also a it, it also speaks to Roman's ability to carry the mic when he needs to. Right? Like he's not is he the rock? Is he even like a Montez Ford right now? No. But he doesn't need to. He, but he can if he needs to cut a promo, if he needs to play his character, he can do it. Brock needs Paul Heyman. Otherwise, he's he's just kind of like a mime who wrestles. <laughs> Right. I, I wouldn't take that far. I think Brock is fairly good on his own. Like if they give him the chance to be like an app, like just be himself, he can come across as like a, just a, like a, um, well, obviously he comes across as an asshole, but he comes across as like a jock asshole where he just knows that he's bigger, stronger and faster than you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. It's just like, when like he's... I loved, I loved it when, he would ber- berate Paul Heyman. Like, yeah. Remember when he had the, when he had the briefcase and he didn't know he can cash it in. Like it took a year. Yeah. And he would slap him with a paper. Like, I love that. Like he played the bully in a way. Like I like that. Um, so I, I mean, I, I think, think it was just, it was just a cadence thing with me. I think in terms of his delivery of promos, he would just speak too fast. Like he felt nervous talking and it was just, it made me feel uneasy. And like, yeah. like, you know me. I'm not the biggest Brock guy out there. But look, do I buy that he's a badass? And then do I buy that he's an even more of a badass when Heyman is just cutting fire promos on his behalf? Absolutely. And I think just when he cut promos himself, it just kind of took me out of it a little bit because I'm like, you seem like you're nervous talking in front of all these people mm-hmm. or in front of this camera. And I, I don't blame you. It's a shit ton of people who are watching. But... um. Roman just never even when he when Roman would do his white meat baby face thing, he just he just felt like he knew what he was doing at the very least, right? Like that and maybe that's a little bit too low of a bar to expect, but um that's at least that's that's how I feel and have felt about it. Right. I mean I I think what Roman is doing is easily the best work of his career. I think this is on par with the it's my yard now moment. Yeah. Which was a great I, moment. That, that was a great moment, and I th- I don't think they capitalized on it because that was the moment to turn him heel. You know, like that was the moment. To oh say, yeah. Like, All right, people fucking hate this guy. Let's capitalize on it, and they never really did that. And I think now 
they're taking that moment and just like running with it and running with that character. Now you're seeing like you're reaping the rewards of it. Like he's just so damn good in this in this role. He's playing like the the disappointed father, you know? Right. He's like and Jay's just seeking his approval. It's right. uh it's very nice. I, I enjoy the uh the back and forth there. Even at the end I mean, of the match when Jay's like, Hey, I did good, right? Where he's like looking at him like just give give me the sign of approval and Roman finally gives him the hug. Uh, and that moment when Jay finally like turns on him, they'll probably have to wait until the crowd comes back. But when he turns on him and eventually wins the title off of him, Jesus Christ, that's going to be, gonna be a moment. It's going to be a monster moment. It's going to be man. That's going to make Jay's career. I, I, they don't even need to keep the belt on him for a long period of time. It could be a one nighter. It could be a one night. Seriously, thing. but like they just need to have that moment where he overcomes this, and it. I mean, that's going to be a star making moment. So yeah, it'll be. I mean, he's already kind of boosted his stock, but then I think that this is just going to take him to the next level. And again, this is like also showcasing the ability of Roman to um, uplift a, a fellow wrestler. Like he's being able to take Jay Uso and make him like a uh, like a solid singles competitor. So absolutely, I, I yeah. So all right, before we get into our favorite taker moments, which was part of our lost episode <laughs> that we're going to just kind of bring back. <laughs> Uh, we, we do have some bills to pay, so let's take a moment to hear from our friends over at Indeed. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be more to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more with more total visits with any than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly. So you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can that you can contact the moment your sponsor job uh, you sponsor a job making Indeed the only job site that you can move as fast as we do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out for with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. This terms and conditions apply. And before we get back to the show, let's take a moment to hear from a word from our friends over at Bet Online. Football is back and in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sports book 
experts. All right, let's uh, let's talk some Undertaker. And obviously, he he bid farewell uh, to the WWE universe last night. Obviously, farewell is a loose term when you're talking about a wrestling retirement. But I think this is the end of. Um, I think it's. I think it's, it's like legit the end. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think it's. Gone. It's definitely the end of like the Undertaker as a character. I think we're still gonna see Mark Calloway. Right, like he's still gonna be yeah. inducted to the Hall of Fame. He'll probably, you know, do a little pop in here and there. Like, look, Shawn Michaels retired. Ric Flair retired. There's, there's people retire, but then but, they like, come they're, back. They're like really, and they're a part of the company. I don't think Mark. I think he's like out, out. Like, I don't think he has like a role within the company. No, no, he, he doesn't. He's it's not like that. But I think like if Vince called him and was like, "Hey, can you?" Uh, just come by. WrestleMania. Yeah, type of thing. Like he's he's loyal to Vince. I think that's that was evidently clear in the last ride doc. Like he he rides or dies for Vince. Uh, mm-hmm. just like and you know, Vince made him, right? Vince made him the guy that he is. Uh so I did, before we get into like our favorite memories or favorite matches of Taker, I did, watching the the segment last night, I found a couple of things super funny. The first being so they made all those people come down, like this this plethora of legends, right? Just come down the ring to pay homage to the Undertaker, and then they all left before he came. It was it was very strange. They all came down, and the only guy in ring gear was fucking Kane. Kane was in full gear, <laughs> and he was there for probably two seconds. It was that made me laugh so hard because I was like, oh, maybe they'll have a moment where like they do you know a little uh, little fist up together, like that'll be cool. And then when Taker came down, it was just Vince in the ring and everyone else was gone. So Kane literally, he even had the wig on. Yeah, it was just, it was, that was odd because they were all, I don't know if you noticed too, that they were also like breaking kayfabe for like half of it and then like trying to keep kayfabe for the other half. I was like, what are we doing here? Like they were like talking about the backstage like crew and then like Kane came down and like, oh, his brother Kane. I'm like, we all know it's not his motherfucking brother. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> They're here? not actually brothers. Yeah. So that was weird. Um, I did love seeing like the crew come down and like seeing everybody, like seeing the old timers. That was great. I agree. Like seeing them all disappear was weird. Also, Vince disappeared. Like, yeah. So I'm I'm pretty sure it was all like that was all pre-taped. You know, like it was just like we're gonna do these segments and just splice them together. Um, the eight-bit music that they had going on because I think they had like some weird thing, like some weird tool that like helped them with the lightning or something yeah i don't know that was weird uh i did like the steps like the the yeah the elevator the, the rising had, I thought, that was, I was like man why don't they like why didn't they make that part of his gimmick for like the last like six years right that would have been, been really cool that would have been awesome yeah no it was uh i mean look it was it was a proper send-off for for the undertaker he he really got to 30 years man and that's that's you can't you can't do anything but hate so, or you can't hate what do you think that, of the paul right? bearer um hologram i i appreciated the the him paying homage to paul bear right like because obviously that's a big figure missing from that crew of right. people and arguably he's probably one of the most important characters to help put undertaker over right both as his manager and then as someone who brought in kane and um turned on the undertaker all this stuff so uh, i i did i appreciated it i thought it was a nice touch um and i mean it made sense it, what's crazy too is like it kind of fits in with the character right it's like paying homage to someone from you know beyond the grave or who, who's you know who's passed on 
So I, right. I, I thought I was, I thought it was a nice touch, I, and I was. I, I actually, I actually thought it was great. Um, that's what like really got me. I was just like, oh man, that that was the most emotional aspect to me. Um, like when you hear the oh yeah, and then yeah. you see him pop up, I was like, it it kind of looks corny, but at the same time, like as a wrestling fan, as somebody that's been watching the Undertaker my almost my entire life, like that that moment really hit me. Um, everything else was just kind of like the same old things that you would get. Like I. I still don't really understand why they had everybody walk down and literally had nothing to do with it. Um, and then I, for one, I don't know if anybody else felt this way. I was kind of hoping that they would give somebody the rub and I was kind of hoping the fiend would come out and he would give, like, I'm pretty sure if they pitched the idea to him, he was like, yeah, 100% I'll give him the rub. Yeah. Like, you know, and like really like the fiend is the next undertaker. That's what they're investing him investing in him for is like, they want him to be that next, like, dark mystical character. character yeah right so like it would have been great if like when he puts his hand up you have the the screeches you see the fiend and he hits him and then that's like that's how you go off the air and that instantly makes the fiend like the fiend is already like a star but man if he's the guy that sends the undertaker out at farewell like he's an instant villain he is the character he's the guy going forward it was interesting because one of my friends who watches wrestling like in passing Right. He like texted me yesterday morning and was like, Oh, I heard it's Taker's last match. Cause he actually, uh, during uh, Taker Roman at, at WrestleMania, he, he came by the house that day. He like watched the match. And that's when we all thought Taker was done. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I thought Taker was done after that match. And we're like, So did a lot of us. Uh, <laughs> and then he was like, Do you think he's going to, or he's not wrestling, right? Or is he? And I said, Well, I, I assume there's probably going to be, he's going to talk. Or it's just going to be like he's going to choke slam, tombstone someone, and we'll call it a night, right? So I was a little surprised that he didn't engage in any sort of physical activity. That would have been epic if it was with the fiend. That would have <laughs> that would have gone over so much. Um, I I would have I would have popped for that. I would have popped for yeah, that. I don't think anybody would have been disappointed in that if that's how you went off the air where you had the fiend come out. Even if it, like he came out and he just took him. You know, he didn't give him the mandible claw, didn't give him sister. Like he didn't have to take any physicality. He literally just like grabbed him or something. I don't know. But like, I think it would have been great to see the fiend kind of brought in some way, shape or form um, as a way to kind of give him the rub and and bring him to the next level. So this send off was was really unique because obviously it's like a a 30 year anniversary. But like it's unique in the sense of like when they when wrestlers are kind of done. They usually go out like on their back, you know, and like this one was totally different. Like obviously he had his match at Boneyard. He had the Boneyard match, but like this was purely a ceremonial like send off. Like Kurt Angle, if you remember WrestleMania 35, went out on his back with his match with Baron Corbin. Like it's so we're so used in, and used to seeing wrestlers like when they're hanging up Ric Flair as well. Like they have a match like that kind of temper the celebration for you like. I know that we, we we talked about how we wanted the fiend to be part of this, but like, would it have been better to like? I I I'm of the mind like I don't want to see him wrestle again, so I don't really need to see him go out on his back. But like, do you think it would have made more sense for him to have a match where he lost and gave somebody the rub versus like a weird celebration? I, I don't like I don't know, man. I mean, I I feel like Taker kind of transcends the norms in wrestling. If mm-hmm. that makes sense, right? Like, it, I was looking at, I was doing some reading about him at, last night after the show went off the air. 
it's one, it's wild to me he's only been champ seven times. Right? Like when you look at him and you look at like like Randy Orton's been champion like 14, 15 times, right? Right. John Cena, same amount. Triple H kind of flirting with that. And like they're all great. Those are, you know, Ric Flair. Obviously, these are legendary names, great names. The Undertaker is at like half of those runs. And that like that stood out to me. So, but which which is kind of goes back to my point about how he's absolutely on the Mount Rushmore, right? Like he just has to be because of how he he elevated wrestling to the point where we were we everyone bought in the fact that he was a quote unquote dead man. We all we all bought on this character despite knowing the fact he wasn't dead, right? So I feel like his exit and him kind of going out on his own terms and almost being celebrated, um, winning his last technical match, right? Like he won uh, the Boneyard match, mm-hmm. which again, he, he could have gone out. He literally, literally could have been buried or something in that match. As a kind of, That could have been the ceremonial send off, the ceremonial goodbye. So I think this was also, I, I think this was a, actually a solid way to do it. I also think probably in his discussions with Vince, he, you know, he he's he just seems to be a guy who's more about the business and mm-hmm. and paying respects to people who like kind of paved the way for you. I think this was he wanted to more than anything pay homage to Paul Bear, and I, so I, that's why I think it ultimately led to that moment with the hologram, him on his knee doing his Undertaker thing. I think it was more about for him. It, it might have been more about the Paul Bear thing. Than, than anything than his send-off that that's yeah and i i could be wrong he, you know i'm sure he'll talk about it at some point and how he felt um you could see it 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 hit him during his promo right it was it every i mean vince was tearing up vince also dropped the wwf which was crazy right which yeah <laughs> he's scrubbed that out of like all documentaries and right uh, repeats yeah, of I raw mean, and stuff i i mean i, I would have loved to see him give the rub to somebody i i i would imagine if they, like I said before, like if he was given the opportunity, if Vince is like, "Hey, we really want to make the fiend tonight," like, and this is how you're gonna go out, like I think he would have been like, "Yeah, it's fine, like I'll do it." No, know. totally. Yeah, it's just it, it 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 was a different way for them to send somebody off, um, and, and Taker, like you said, he, he was a unique character, and like he didn't need a belt to be over. Like I feel like some of these characters, like they need, like Randy Orton, at times. I mean, there's times where he's just phenomenal without a belt, but I think that times like he really needed the belt to kind of push his character over. I think it's similar. Like the rock had 10 world title reigns, but like he definitely, he didn't need those. He didn't need that many. He could have right. got, like been a huge star with four or five, maybe six. Like, I think those are like, I think those are rare occurrences where you can have a character that doesn't need a belt to be the A side. You know? Yeah. I think it's just, I think part of the reason why I think it's just, wild to think about is like again he's been in the business 30 years right 30 plus because he was i mean this is just 30 right. years since his 30 years as undertaker yeah. right yeah. so and to only have had the title like a third of that time it's it's super interesting but it which it also elevates your point on that he never really needed it he was an, no. he was always enough the streak in of itself was kind of like a title right it was right. something that was prestigious it was something that people wanted to break to the point where when Brock Lesnar broke that streak, I remember reading about it on ESPN. Right, like it was that was the it was crazy. 
that was the biggest WrestleMania moment of the past what 10 years? Yeah, he's like hands down. And and it was that that was the same night as the Daniel Bryan coordination. And like that should have been the moment. And like Brock just like it just overtook it. It was and yeah, it was wild. Like you and I worked at Bleacher Report. So like obviously we were covering wrestling and it was just normal to us to just kind of see it on our website. But you know, seeing it on like ESPN and CBS and you know Fox Sports, all these outlets were covering the Undertaker losing what was on paper just a one-on-one singles match. But yeah. obviously, you add a streak to it that adds obviously the sports aspect. And so, I, that, I thought he had more runs. I honestly thought he had like at least double-figure title runs. Just I thought he, yeah, I mean, he had a, quite a few during the Attitude Era, but like some of them are just like you almost forget about them. But like one interesting kind of footnote of that streak ending was that would you consider that to be like the first like memeable moment in wrestling um that's a good point i mean maybe? because i mean the memes that came out of that are it was like, mostly the undertaker guy right the guy who was just right like, but big like there eyes. was still like just a ton of memes that came oh, out. oh and taker laughing wasn't that the one where like he sits up and brock's no, laughing at him that was that was a that separate match their, their feud afterward like oh, that was okay. the hell in a cell match but like I feel like that WrestleMania 30 match was like the first wrestling match, that, at least I can remember, where we just got like endless amount of memes that came out of it. And it really became like a part of like the social media like atmosphere. Obviously, social media was around long before that match. But sure. Like, that's when it for me, like social media and wrestling just really like fucking hit the gas. And like yeah. that's what took off. I mean, that, I mean, that WrestleMania is so like, we're gonna look back on that WrestleMania as like just one of the more iconic ones because there was just so much that came out of that. Yeah, that's I mean that's a good point. So it, wow, it's it's crazy to think that was what six six years ago now, so almost seven years ago. I mean, um, it was. I mean, and it just feels like it was forever ago. Like it just feels like it was a long ass time ago, you know. And like we had the Daniel Bryan moment. We have that was Bray Wyatt's first WrestleMania. That was like still I still believe he should have won should it be John Cena at that at that WrestleMania? I mean, that WrestleMania is just iconic. Um I th- I'm pretty sure that's the WrestleMania that you also get the Hogan you, you get the Hogan, Hogan Rock, Rock Stone Austin Cold. moment. Yeah. And you have was huge. Hogan saying it's the Silver Dome. Yeah. And like I mean it took the cameraman correcting him. Uh, yeah, I mean that elite. Uh, that was an iconic WrestleMania, but like I mean to kind of bring this all back, I mean Undertaker, I mean we're never going to see somebody on that level again. We're never going to see a character that's that committed to where like you have to spend night and day, even outside of work, committed to the fact that you are a certain character. Like you're never going to see Bray Wyatt walking around in a fucking fiend mask, you know what right. I mean? Like he was so, com- and I think that's why he was so happy about like being able to do the American badass characters because he was able to be himself. Just for a little bit. This, yeah. Yeah. Rather than being the dead man. Like I just feel like it, it's, for one, it's like a bygone era. Like we're never going to have it. Like we're very rarely going to have these kind of characters anymore just because they like, unless they're special, like the fiend, they just don't fly very much. Like people like the realism. Like they like having just seeing people as themselves, you know? So um, for, for the way that they, they, they sent him off. It was fine. I would have loved to see him give the rub to somebody, but I'm fine with them not doing it as well. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely the end of an era, and just you, we, I think we got so used to being like, "Hey, the Undertaker is going to be at WrestleMania." That was just like a checkpoint on when you would see him for sure, and now that's 
that's just not the case. I mean, we'll see him, at, you know, at a at a Hall of Fame induction hopefully soon, and um, that'll be that. And it's it I just, know it was it was weird crazy. to think that he wasn't at WrestleMania 35, you know? Right. Yeah. And like it feels like now, especially since their match at WrestleMania 34, like that ha- the will he or will he not show up or he's 100% showing up at WrestleMania that that role has been given to John Cena now. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's ironic like, passing of the torch that we didn't know about. Yeah, like that time. he has like WrestleMania 35, he has the thugonomics thing. He obviously had the thing with Bray Wyatt last year. Like I think this year he'll probably show up cuz he has his show and his movie that he's going to have to promote. Yeah. So, um yeah, it's weird to think about it like we have a pseudo passing of the torch at WrestleMania 34. Uh, with John Cena Undertaker. So that's crazy um, to think about. That's just, that's wild to think about now. Wow. All so right. I remember watching WrestleMania 34 at your house. Yes. This was pre podcast days. Yeah. Was, uh, the, that was such a long show. Or oh some my God. Some and of I my, was live tweeting it too. That yeah, was terrible. And some of our, some of my friends came over because I was like, hey, we're doing like a watch party and they don't know how long these shows are. So like they showed up at like, I think the show started at three o'clock Pacific. Uh, yeah, like the pre-show. And it went till like nine. Yeah, and they were at like seven o'clock. I saw someone being like, "What the hell is that? like? I need to go home." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you should, you should definitely, definitely go home. All right, uh, it's been, uh, it, it was, uh, it's, it's the end of an era. You know, thank you for uh, to the Undertaker for entertaining us for thirty years, man. What, what a freaking legend! Shout out to him, um, and uh, hope everyone enjoyed Survivor Series again. Have a great thanksgiving thanks as always we're very thankful for you as a listener as a watcher however you are consuming this episode in the meantime don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcast and if you're one of our fantastic apple podcast users please 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 rate us five stars on apple podcast and if you're feeling spicy leave a review and our spotify people hit us with that follow so you can help us climb those spotify charts and make sure to subscribe and like our YouTube channel. Really help us out. Ben does a lot of hard work on trying to get this thing off the ground. So uh, help us out. Subscri- subscribe, hit the red button, like, comment, do all that good stuff. Um, also follow us on social at Two Jabronis Pod on uh, Twitter and on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy A. Loss, and you can follow Ben at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K. All right, everyone. Again, have a great holiday week. However, that looks for you. And uh, if you can, stay home. If you can't, wear a mask. Um, And always and forever, Black Lives Matter. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Also, side note, little uh, uh, some fun information for all our listeners. I am going to be having another podcast coming out here very soon. Oh, good tease. Uh, So be on the lookout. Good tease. Uh, It's going to be a fun one. I, uh, I, I, I know about this. And I, I, I don't want to take credit for playing matchmaker, but I'm going to <laughs> because you're going to get you're going to be on the show and you're going to do great. All right, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. We will talk to you soon. All right. Peace.